welcome to Stuff and Waffle, two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with reference to Bond cars pretty much every episode. The best cars that Bond actors drove in non-Bond films. Right, okay, so... And in my opinion, one of them is a rover. That's interesting. I'm trying to fathom which... (laughs) Which one that might be. Some of them are quite obscure films. Um, but I am quite into my weird, obscure films. Not like that. that. Um, (laughs) Well, well, well. Well, well, now, now then, then, now. Um, (laughs) Yes. And some of them, of course, there aren't many, to be honest. I mean, Daniel Craig isn't known for his his motoring jaunts. Um, In fact, I think he didn't even learn to drive until he became Bond. Bloody hell! Because I doing? think I think the former Stig, um, oh, Ben Collins. Yeah, I think in his book he said that he um, he taught Daniel Craig how to drive. Christ, you see, I should be fine with this having read the book. But there you go. It may ab- not be in the book, but I'm sure I'm... no recollection of that book from uh, start to finish. Really, that good? <laughs> eh? <laughs> I enjoyed it at the time. That memorable. <laughs> But I'm sure he said he taught Daniel Craig how to drive, and it was basically stunt driving on a track, and that was his first time behind the wheel. Christ. So, well, hell of a way to start. Pretty good teacher. So there, there may not be one for him. Struggling with your rover link, I'm trying to think who would have... Who who would have driven a rover in a non-Bond film? Or even... <laughs> Bond films are not known for their rovers, to be fair. No, they they don't really do British Leyland. They don't. Probably Ab- just as well. Ab- Diamonds are forever. Stag. That Very Peter, good. That was Peter Franks, though. That wasn't Bond's car. That was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a car that he pinched, wasn't it? Mm. Or not. Yes, assumed. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, however, he did drive it, um, did. and I did. I did say driven, not owned. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I am. I'm going to have to draw a blank on the rover. I okay. You want me to fill? You want me to fill you in there? Yes, like as if you were Craig David. Well, let me take you through what I think, and hopefully that will that will bring you along. Then, so I'll start with a rover, which is not actually starting with Mister Connery. Um, it's starting with Mister Moore, and okay. in a film I believe from nineteen seventy, certainly sixty nine or seventy. There's a film called The Man Who Haunted Himself. Okay. Which I've is really good. It. It's it's worth seeking out. It's it's one of the few films where Roger Moore actually acts. And it's, No eyebrows? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Not, not that I can remember. Uh, it's pre-Bond, obviously. Um, and in that, he drives a Rover P5B. Oh, lovely choice. It's, it's very prominent in the film. It's a dark burgundy red with a dark um, tan interior. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I believe two cars were used in the production. Um, and uh, it's very prominent in the story, uh, the film. I won't, if you haven't seen it, I won't spoil the story for you. But um, the film starts with him uh, driving that car. Uh, and there are scenes with it throughout the film. In fact, the film ends with him driving that car, um, and he drives it at some speed, and it's okay. uh, 
It is a glorious thing. There is also in that film a Lamborghini, and I forget, it's a very early, rare Lamborghini, which he also drives briefly. Um, Pop-up headlights and the lot. I forget what it's called, but I will just... Oh, we better better check for... I will just look it up. To to satisfy the curiosity. It is a... Uh, Lamborghini Islero. It's an Islero S that's featured in the film. Blimey, that's uh, not one I've heard of in a while. I, I do. No. They're, they're in a book I've read, but that's probably that's probably about as much as I can recall on that. Yeah, Y L R one one G. I've actually found a picture of Roger Moore in later years posing with it, um, so it still exists. Um, okay. But uh, yes, yeah, a silver Lamborghini. But the um, the star of the film, um, car wise, uh, is very much the Rover um, P5B uh, registration XGX28G, and a second car is used later in the film AVB902H. But they're both identical. Yeah, glorious, glorious thing. It's the saloon, not the coupe. Which, and I know it's not common opinion, but I prefer the saloon to the coupe. No, um, that, that's that's absolutely fine. I find the roof line too low on the coupe, and to be honest, that was really the only difference between the saloon and the coupe. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't really a coupe, was it? Let's be honest. Um, but there are some fantastic scenes with it. Um, there's a couple of scenes where, again, he's driving it at speed, uh, and the body roll is absolutely biblical. So that was the Rover. It was Roger Moore over P5B would be my choice. There are a couple of honourable mentions for him. Obviously, there's the Volvo P1800 in the Saint. There is. Uh, which I believe was Roger Moore's own car. The production was so starved for budget that he, he drove his own car. That. Yes. But, oh, but, I got one of those around the back. Should we use that? Lovely, lovely choice, though. Yeah, lovely. Um, I'm assuming you got the DBS on your list as well for honourable mentions for him. Yes, obviously, uh, the Persuaders DBS, which, mm. um, as I think I mentioned last time we talked, uh, was badged as a V8, but was in fact a V6. It's fine, it's fine. No one noticed. They didn't. No, no one, no one did. Um, they didn't have a V8 available. In fact, I'm not even sure, because the car was very new. At that point, I don't think they'd actually done the V8 version. Okay, that was what it was coming, but I don't. I'm I might be wrong about the timings of that, but whatever it was, there wasn't a V8 version available to the production, so um, they gave them the V6 and badged it as a V8. And it is that to this day, uh, okay, as we know, it's privately owned now because we've both seen it. Um, Mm, Yes, yes, it is still a V6 badged as a V8. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's there's no point in changing it now, no. there's also an XJS, um, uh, Jaguar XJS in a film called The Wild Geese. I don't know if you've seen that, but I think I, I think I have seen that one uh, only once, I think, but many moons it's, ago. Yeah, all star cast, um, headed by um, Richard Burton. That was and it, Richard, and yep. Richard Harris. Uh, yeah, but Roger Moore's there too. Um, and he has a white. Uh, XJS um, with a delightfully squeaky door. <laughs> it was so BL. 
because every time he gets in and out of it in the film, there's a little... <laughs> every oh, time. They never food. thought to fix it. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I do remember the car, watch, actually. I don't remember the car, speak, but I, I do remember the car. I, I'm gonna... what, it's there. It's on that's... the soundtrack. It's every time. Oh, good heavens. I mean, that's another one to have to look up now to hear the yes. door squeaking. Even it if appears... I watch the rest of the film. It appears you might do. It appears that the rest of the film is just full of Land Rovers. It appears at the beginning of the film and the end of the film, and the squeaky door is there in both teams. Excellent. I shall go hunting. Oh, uh, it's wonderful. Um, so that was. I mean, Roger Moore's fared quite well on that list. Um, yep. He's he's had a few he's had a few good ones there. I'm looking at the list, and there's one thing that I'd like to tackle you. Mm. What what vehicle? Or oh, the. the car have you found for George Lazenby? Well, that's very difficult. <laughs> I can't having... think of a single one. Well, I can, but it is... It wasn't a Bond film, but it is Bond-related. But again, it's very obscure, and I had to hunt high and low. Um, he appeared as a Bond-like character in the Man from Uncle movie. The original Man from Uncle movie, and he's okay. driving. He's driving a DB6. Oh, a silver DB6. Okay, and wasn't he? Was his? So I do have an answer. Wasn't he credited <laughs> as something like JB? Yeah, that's right. It's JB. JB on the number plate. That was yes. Yeah, yes. I, do, oh, I do remember. That. Oh, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> what a tit! <laughs> you've just you've let me down, mate. Let me down. However, as a slight aside, and there will be a lot of these, um, as a slight aside on that, there is a film in which the original DB5, the Goldfinger one, the one that was stolen, in which that appears in a non-Bond film, driven by Roger Moore. See, that, this is something I've heard of. Yeah, it's it's there, uh, and it has all the gadgets. It's not an unknown film by any means. It's not a very good film, but it's not an unknown film. He isn't playing Bond. He's playing someone who thinks he is Bond, or thinks he is Roger Moore, to be more precise. He drives an Aston Martin DB5, but because of the the oddities of that car, you can tell it's the original. It is the one. And they must have loaned it to... Well, no, they didn't. I think Aston Martin loaned it because after, after, Thunderball, after Thunderball, the car went back to Aston Martin. That's, yep, that, that's right, yep. And the managing director of Aston Martin at that time ordered it to be stripped of all its gadgetry and turned back into a standard DB5 and then sold as a second-hand car. Tit! And then there was a guy in America who bought it and commissioned an engineering firm to put all the gadgets back in. But they didn't get them quite the same as the originals. So when the car appears in this particular film, I've got it, it. Has, it has all the gadgets, but have you looked it up? No, it no, has, no. It's, it, 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 it's in the brain and it's popped out. Very good. It has all the gadgets, but they're not quite original. So go on then, see if you've got it right. 
Oh, I, I, I'm, oh, it's a bold call now. I, I was all confident then. You were. <laughs> Go on, you run. can't back off. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. That wasn't a side, though, because that was actually the reverse of what yeah, I yeah, asked. Yeah. That, that, is, that is weird. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a Bond car driven by a Bond person, but not in a Bond film. In a non-Bond film, yes, which is, oh. not what I, is the opposite of what I asked. <laughs> so that's quite good. But, uh, as I say, Mr. Lazenby, the only choice is DB6 in The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Now, Mr. Connery is a tough one, actually. I've um, gone for a comedy answer here. Have you? Mm. Oh, go on then, you lead the way. <laughs> there, there's one thing that is, as soon as you said that, I thought, well, that's obvious choice for me, I'm afraid. It's uh, when he uh, borrowed a Humvee <laughs> in the rock. <laughs> that's very good. That's very good, actually, yes. That's very good. I like that. Yes, and it, he didn't keep it entirely in uh, in one piece, did he? Not at all. No, no. It it didn't fare well. It did not. But it it, it fared better than the uh, obviously fake in many shots Ferrari three five five driven by Mr. Cage. Yeah, that was clearly built out of a Toyota or something like that, wasn't it? And was and clearly, cardboard. Clearly not real. Yes, mm. absolutely. That's, that is very good. The Hummer is a, is a solid choice, actually. It's what a solid did you choice. go for? Well, his, his, his movies are not, um, are not littered with cars, are they? That's the thing. I mean, his, his no. Bond films are, and we should probably spend a moment on the Toyota 2000 GT. Absolute from film. Your, from you only the twice. Yes, absolute film, as you, as you quite rightly say. Yes, I am. I am struggling with Mr. Connery. In fact, my mind has gone completely blank, and I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten what my answer was because oh, I knew you them. Write it down. I didn't. I didn't because I knew. I knew them so well um, <laughs> that so it could be our official answer may have to be the Humvee. Oh God! Because um, I have completely forgotten. I'm thinking. I'm. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've got it. I've got it. It's a tough one. Go on then. Connery does. It's not. He's not in a lot of car films. He's not a big car driving, you know, actor, is he? Probably because he didn't no. fit in any of it. But <laughs> there is one. There is a. There is a really good one. Go and on it, then. It's taken me a while to get it. But We've had a build there. up here. We've had a big build up here. Jaguar XK convertible entrapment. Ah, very good. Now, At the beginning in London. Right. And he completely, he completely buggers it. The guy comes out of the antique shop. He shoots out the rear window. Another guy jumps on the roof, knife through the fabric. They drive through the market, bashing against walls, going through tables, all sorts of things. He completely knackers it. I don't know. It's, it's British racing green with a cream interior, tan roof, I don't know if it's an R or an XK8. I've got a feeling it's an XK8, um, but it's definitely a convertible, and they completely knacker it. But I would say that's probably the strongest car action of any of the Connery films. It's 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 more appropriate than a Hummer. I'll go with that. I would yes, <laughs> absolutely more fitting. And yeah, you, you don't want a Scotsman in an ex-military vehicle, really, but an American military vehicle. An American military vehicle, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, impressive. No. I mean, I, I have seen Entrapment, but I, honestly, that's, that, 
that's not even in the memory banks. That no, I, it took me a while to get that, but there, it's there. Yeah, it's there. And Catherine Zeta Jones gets out of it and says, "Oh, look what you've done to this beautiful car!" And as he's throwing the keys through the smashed back window, he said, "Yeah, thank God it's not mine." <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Ving Rhames, who's in the film later, and he goes to see him at his Scottish castle. Is that why my Jaguar looks like you drove it off a cliff? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's the only other reference to it. But, yeah. And you, and you say that impression was Ving Rhames. <laughs> it's like Definitely. he was here with us. Why, why, why did you even have to ask? I'm confused. <laughs> there is a story with him surrounding the uh, Toyota 2000 GT from You Only Live Twice. In that, it was a very, very new car when that film was being made and they delivered the car to the production and i think at that point it was the only one like the db5 was for golfing it was the only one and they realized small japanese sports car big scottish actor he He don't fit he didn't fit so they had to they took it back and in two weeks converted it into a convertible that that is 100% 100% correct because yes. I read I read the uh, the definitive Bond car book of over Christmas. Course. Very good. Is that as fine as we imagine it to be? Yes, it, I did cover to cover in one sitting. Sue. Uh, oh, well, no, that's nonsense yourself now then. Well, that, no, some of the stuff that we've talked about wasn't in there. Ah, oh, that, that, uh, one, that uh, one definitely was where that one yes, is. Yeah. lock the lid off, he doesn't fit. Yes, and we need it in two weeks' time at the latest. Ugh, right, yep. we better crack on with this then. Or, cool. or risk not having their car in the new Bond film, which clearly and, they didn't yep. want to do. So. They were not being daft, they did the correct thing. They did. So that was the slight aside um, uh, there. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to have to be the Hummer for, for Mr. Connery, the DB6, for Mr. Lazenby. The P5B for Mr. Moore. That's correct. So, of course, brings us on to the lovely Mr. Dalton. Right, I do have an answer for this. I think there's only one choice. Okay. And I wonder if you're going to make the same choice. Okay, well, I'll I'll put it out there then. I am going to say the Jaguar XK from (laughs) Hot Fuzz. So am I. (laughs) Uh, XKR convertible, I think, to be precise. Um, that he loses his head in. Yes. Um, oh no, no, he didn't lose his head. That was that was the Saab. Was that not him? No, that was the Saab with the uh, appalling actors in it. Yeah, but they did Romeo and Juliet. You're and right, because and he, he drives he past, past. past. Yes, with dire straits on the radio. That's right, in the Jag, in the green Jag. Yes, that was my choice as well. And again, with him, I was struggling um, with an alternative. <laughs> So I think it, it has to be. I yeah. I've got no, I've got nothing to contest with it. That was the first thing that popped in there, and I've yeah. racked my brains, and I cannot think of anything else. Now, Mister Brosnan, we have lots to choose from, um, and I am uh, I'm making my choice based on the fact that the car in question I also owned, not the exact car, but. Okay. The same type of car. I don't think it's the same one I've written down then. 
Probably not then. Tell me about this one. No, I am going to say the um, Ford Escort XR3i in the fourth protocol. Ah, yes, yes, he did. Now, I didn't have an XR3i. I had a GL, but it was the Mark IV Escort. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was, my so, yeah. first, that was my first car. Your first Is, I car. Think, a Pierce Brosnan vehicle, lovely. Can't, well, can't quite if tenuously. You, if you squint and don't look too much into it, it's fine. And and mine was beige, whereas his was that lovely royal blue that they did the XL3 in. Um, <laughs> you had a beige one. It did. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, couldn't afford much. Um, I can't... It was, at least a, it was at least a 1.4 GL and not the one litre popular. In my defence, I had a radio. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, the biggest question is, did a female ever get in it? Yes. And the Bullshit. female, the, no, the female that I am with to this day. <laughs> Although there was a bit of a gap there. Um, but um, that's a different subject. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she got in and then complained that it <laughs> dripped a load of water on her because it did have, a, <laughs> did have a bit of a leaking issue. So that is my choice for him, is XR3i, which has to be said, these days, is getting quite quite collectible. Yeah, that, that's quite sought after. Quite a solid, yeah, quite, quite, quite cool and collectible these days, the XR3. But yes, in Fourth Protocol, in which he's playing a Russian agent, um, he drives as part of his cover. In, the, in Britain, he drives a, a royal blue XR3i, not the convertible version. No, just as well. Yeah, because that's just. So again, it's a slightly off the wall choice, but it means something to me. So that's that's, that's, that's good. Chosen. I think I've ended up with the more obvious choice then, mm -hmm. with the, uh, the 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 Auburn Speedster. Oh blimey, you really are. <laughs> You've really gone off a tangent there. True. Bit of Remington steel there. Oh, very good, very good. I, I can't even picture that. I'm going to have to look that it, it, up. It's bold. It was a bold vehicle. Yeah. Oh my word. Yes, oh, I can see it now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Truth. That's very Remington steel, isn't it? I thought you were going to go with the whatever it was, the Mustang that he drove in Taffin. Which is an awful oh. movie in every way. And he backs it into that lovely Series 2 XJ. He does, yeah. Bashes the side of it in. Oh, he's such a rebel in that. And it's gold, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the Jag, not the Mustang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought that would have been my guess as to what you would guess. So we might slot that in as an honourable mention. Right. But, um, yes, I think that's covered all them. Um, well, apart from Mr. Craig. Now, Mr. Craig's a problem, like Mr. Connery. Especially, as I say, I think he didn't actually drive until quite late on. So I've, it may have to be by association. That's it. I've, 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 got, I've got a car written down. I Are you going to bring up the yellow Range Rover? No, I'm, 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 I'm not. Um, I, I, I am going to go layer cake. Because he was in the Audi RS6, but yeah. I didn't call him ever driving it. He didn't. Well, he never drove in that film at all. Mm. Um, no. Uh, he just got on the bus. So, uh, 
yes, I think that's that that would be the one I would choose as well. The Audi, the the yellow um, P thirty eight Rangey um, is just a crime. We went through those a treat. I think we've uh, we've covered them all there, and that's without even mentioning the Renault from a view to a kill. So I think that's uh, yeah, we've done done well there. There was something I recall. Uh, it was a story from my dad actually. He said it was Simon Le Bon made a bit of a boo boo. When <laughs> he was, it was obviously his heyday when they were doing the uh, theme tune. Oh, at their height, absolutely, yeah. Um, and obviously, all the money in the world at the time, and mm. doing silly things, and capsized his boat or yacht, <laughs> probably. Yes, and, probably. And my dad said it was one of those. It was, it was just one of those really good headlines of uh, a view to a keel. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, yes. it's very good. Very good. Very good. Yes. Well, what else could you do? Really? <laughs> <laughs> very good. On the subject of good car casting. Which is sort of what we've been on. It's been a theme. It's been a bit of a theme. Mr. Steve Coogan is, that is something that he always pays a great deal of attention to. And I read this week that he is poised to remake The Persuaders as a movie. Really? Um, Yes, really. With himself in one of the starring roles, I presume. Roger Moore's role, um, but yes, I read this week that he is—he uh, has the rights, and he is—he is, he is going to do a film version of the Persuaders. Now, whether it's any good or not, <laughs> yeah, that's a—that's a big question, isn't it? Not that it was, you know, um, it wasn't exactly Shakespeare to begin with, but no, um, you can be assured that the cars will be spot on with him. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, think... I don't know whether it's being made in period or if it's being whether it's done modern day. Um, but um, it's in period. He could probably get the two original cars because they are both yeah. still around. <laughs> I think. I think we. I think we stand a good chance of being in safe hands. I think that could. Uh, that could work. Yeah, I think that could work. Um, it. It certainly can't be any worse than the Sweeney remake. On a very, very tenuous almost <laughs> non at all link it's a bit of a partridge thing there i was uh, over the christmas break i've been there uh, i rewatched some of louis Theroux's old documentaries oh he's because he put during the first lockdown he uh he did that wa- uh, watch with louis oh uh, yeah and yeah, they, yeah. they they aired it all on bbc right again and uh, yeah, yeah. Was w- watching the one with the hamiltons Oh, oh. <laughs> I remember that one. God, it was it is it was as cringeworthy as I remember. Oh, just well. I mean, that was the point of most of his stuff. Yeah, that's it. It was um, not the most comfortable viewing, but no. their their car, which you never saw in its like a, a full view of it, but you were inside it a few times and you saw it outside yeah. the house a couple of times. Was Rover Eight Hundred? Of course. And I just thought, what well, else? They are the living embodiment of Partridge. They are. What else would they drive? 
That's uh, and there's that bit that we all remember from that episode where they've all had a bit too much to drink and Christine's all over Louie. You just get the feeling of oh. it wouldn't be out of place for him to go, stop rubbing your fanny on me. <laughs> yes, these are sex people, Lynn. <laughs> oh, God. No, thank you. I don't want to be part of your sex festival. <laughs> I uh, I saw something today that um, that was very much um, a classic cars out of their comfort zones. There's a story today that um, there's some YouTuber who's been searching for some of the old Top Gear cars from some of their adventures. Okay. And he's managed to locate the Lancia that Clarkson drove in the Botswana special. He's actually oh, found the, it. He's found the one. Oh, the beta um, coupe, wasn't it? I bet it was. And uh, it's definitely the one. There's a number of sort of key things on it that they've identified. Um, and in fact, it still has Light Bike Cafe written down. <laughs> <laughs> and the number plate matches, which is also a bit of a clue. Um, Have they yeah, put the number back on? Yes. The film crew, apparently, before they did whatever they did. I mean, it's it's in someone's compound, apparently, just, like, you know, pushed over in a corner. So how it got there, I don't know. But it's got the bonnet, um, the boot lid, and the doors are all back on it, the, okay. the original one. So they must have... That bit where they take all the stuff off and just sort of leave it in the desert, they obviously didn't just leave it in the desert. They must have collected all the original parts because mm. this same guy has also located the Mercedes W123 that James May was driving. Mm. Um, and that, again, has been put back together and looks quite decent. There's some pictures online um, of it. So they found these these two cars, but it, um, if they were ever cars out of their comfort zone, <laughs> it was yeah. those two. I mean, maybe perhaps not so much the Mercedes, because um, that's, that's a roughy-tufty, rugged car, it, isn't it? It is, and they are, they're, they're quite popular in, in Africa, aren't they? They are. Well, they actually asked James May his opinion of should we bring this car back to the UK and restore it? He said, absolutely not. It is, you know, it belongs where it is. Mm. Um, they're incredibly popular over there because they're easy to repair, they're plentiful, and they're really rugged. You know, they don't break. Um, Mercedes of that era were built really well. And uh, he said, no, you shouldn't bring it back. Leave it there. Somebody can use it there. I don't need it. You know, I don't want a Mercedes W123, so leave it where it is. No, um, that's, that's a good shout. It'd only end up rotting at Bewley or somewhere like that well, anyway, wouldn't it? Exactly. But the Lancia, um, of the three, bizarrely, of the three cars in that film, was definitely the one out of its comfort zone, because that, oh, that thing was beaten. The amount of stick he got for that anyway, it was... yes. It was a poor choice at best. It was it? a stupid choice for the task in hand. Yes, absolutely. Um, but then so was the Opal Cadet on paper, and that survived. Well, this is true, but it it it, it didn't have the same problems to, as the Lancia, though, did it? it, it the <laughs> well, the Opal Cadet in the first place. <laughs> an uncomplicated vehicle. True. Very simple. Yeah. Whereas the Lancia, I mean. It was yes. never going to work, was it? It was never going to work. Oh, it was an auto as well, wasn't it? It was, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, because it got all full of sand, didn't it? All the, all the key bits got all full of sand. He kept having to empty it out. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean that Lancers love that. Yes. Their next yes. favourite thing is water. But if you well, don't have that to hand, might as well use sand instead. Use some sand. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, this guy's found it and he's looking to buy it. Uh, he's trying to crowdfund it at the moment to buy it and bring it to the UK and restore it. But yes, it was. Uh, it very much put me in mind of cars out of their comfort zones. Very good. But yeah, um, and again, it, it put me in mind of the um, the desert going DeLorean in Back to the Future Part Three, which in fact wasn't a DeLorean. You know what they did to that poor thing. I mean, that was well out of its comfort zone. Mm. Um, and um, as you probably know, that. Uh, again, that car still exists. It's in a private collection. Underneath, it's a VW June buggy <laughs> with a uh, with a VW with the original VW engine, but with the DeLorean interior and you know body shell dropped on top of it. Mm. Um, but it, it isn't a DeLorean underneath because the brief to the stunt department was: we need a car that we can run across the desert. Mm, yeah. um, well, <laughs> yeah, this... the, the standard car clearly isn't going to stand up. Yeah, to that. No, I don't so what, recommend using that. No. What can what can we do? Um, so they got yeah a VW June buggy and, and popped a popped the DeLorean body on top of it, and it actually fitted quite well. I mean, other than its ride height, it doesn't look too awkward. Does it? And of course, the ride height was what they were. That yeah, that's what, what they, they need. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's what they were after. Um, and the wheels are the wrong sizes for it and things like that. But, um, uh, yeah, it kind of works. And, um, and, and, it, and it did the job. And it kind of fits for the films because it, it, with the sort of narrative of the film, the car gets yes. so many modifications. Yeah. I mean, the whole the story, you can the get whole away story with it. is that it keeps either breaking or, or they need it to do something that it wasn't mm. meant to do. And, yeah, it just... Uh, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, you get away with it, and absolutely fine. And it and it works really well. And as I say, that car still exists and runs and drives. It doesn't drive very well, but <laughs> it, it runs and drives. Um, but yeah, cars out of their comfort zones. I like to see that, and cars heavily modified to do things that they weren't meant to do. I always, I always enjoy a bit of that. I, um, I've, I've seen firsthand a couple of times where you think. That's a brave choice. Yes. Perhaps not out of their comfort zone. I mean, of the few trips to Le Mans, um, the first one where we went to just the normal 24-hour race, someone from, uh, they said they were just, I'm sure it was just south of Manchester, they said, had driven all the way in an aerial atom. That's truth. That's hardcore. And uh, he that's... did. Say, he did say that they did have testicle pillows for the car <laughs> seats. That's commitment. That is not meant for that. No. That's... <laughs> and and fair play. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, even with the pillows that they used, I don't think any of them are going to be fathering children. Ah, oh, that's going to do some serious damage to all sorts of things, isn't it? Yeah. No. Um. And that's that, that, a bold <laughs> choice. And the only, the the other one was when I went to the classic uh, Le Mans, uh, and someone had driven all the way from England uh, in an original uh, Aston Martin DBR1. Oh, that's all a real old beast. Drove yeah. all the way there in it, competed, and then drove home. 
Fantastic. There's no mess in there, is there? Mm. Yeah, see, I mean, but that, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's the car out of his comfort zone in a way, but it's certainly the driver out of Oh, the occupants zone. were definitely out of their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, well out, doing something that it really wasn't designed to do. No, yeah. and I mean, I know we moaned about the, uh, when I went, uh, when Ben and I took the, the, took the Mustang down there, and that was, I mean, it was uncomfortable and a bit inconvenient, but... Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as uh, expensive. I think was one of the words. That was used. Yeah, that was lunacy. That was mm. especially with the bloody uh, issue with overloading the luggage. And the, <laughs> if you had more than a quarter of a tank of petrol in it, the yes. the uh, the wheels would rub on the wheel arch. Wasn't the luggage packed around the occupants as well? <laughs> yeah, well, that was the problem. Is we we loaded up the boot and the back seat because there were three of us. So there was one side of the rear seat was free. So we loaded available. that up and completely yeah. loaded the boot up, meaning all the weight was at the rear. Uh, yes. And uh, because that's where the fuel tank is as well, mm. directly at the back, pretty much over the. So axle. the fuel has to go uphill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. But as soon as I mean, we hadn't even made it two minutes down the road, and we we're like, "Oh, this is going to be a absolute be, bloody nightmare." This is going to be horrible. So it's what the that right res- car to have there? It's not the right car to go there in. No, but, <laughs> and immediately, but that it we ended up. It was about four in the morning in a McDonald's car park, <laughs> about two minutes from Ben's house, where. He he got out of the car and unpacked most of the boot and put it around me, and then nice. we set then we set off for however many hundred miles it is from <laughs> from uh, Colchester down to uh, Le Mans. Perhaps you would have been more comfortable in the boot. Uh, maybe I would have. <laughs> I didn't explore that particular. Uh, there you are. It probably won't come up again. But yes. no, we've we've learned. We're... Yes. That all we, all we can say, put a tick in the box, classic car, driven to Le Mans. Just this week, interestingly, talking about cars doing things they shouldn't, um, just this week I have seen someone who has put tank tracks on a Tesla Model S. Why have they done that? that there it is. There you go. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> to be honest. Okay, I mean, but apparently it, it works, and um, yeah. Well, there it is. Can, I mean, can it, traverse terrains that the car couldn't normally do. So well, you ne- you never know when you're going to need it. Exactly, it's a good optional extra um, mm. that I was foolish not to um, have on mine, obviously. Because uh, mm. uh, the worrying thing is, if someone shows Elon that, oh, it it, it will happen. That that'll yes. be in production before we know it. It will. He'll be that's genius, and off we go. Yeah, we'll look at that and go, bollocks, we haven't been selling to the military. (laughs) Paint it green. (laughs) Stick some of those on it. Missed the whole segment there. Yes. Oh, dear. There you go. You'll like this. This Cars not fit for purpose. Right. Oh well, that's yeah. We're, we're still there. Of, we're still there. Kind of on the same theme, yeah. We're still we're still there. <laughs> well, we've um, all experienced cars not fit for purpose. 
Right, or this is certainly out of its comfort zone, this. Um, I was 17. I don't know if you remember. It was that, it was that year, it was 2001. Mm-hmm. And it was the, we were, there was five of us heading up to Wales for the WRC. Okay, and it was it was the the showdown year between Colin McRae and Richard Burns. Uh, okay. That British showdown, everyone yeah, was excited, yeah. couldn't yeah, get yeah. enough of it. Yeah, and we decided that one of one of our friends, one of the ones we were travelling with, his his grandparents lived in Wales, so we would go and we go and enhance their weekend with our presence. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but they decided that they thought, mm, yeah, well, well, we don't mind you lot turning up. You're not actually going to stay in the house. Of course, no. Well, I, that's not unreasonable. No, no, and <laughs> and and looking back, I'd agree. Yeah, um, you you just say the same yourself now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the alternative accommodation that was arranged for us was a camper van on their driveway. Okay. Which we thought actually that's not a bad shout. It was a yeah. man camper van. It's going to get friendly. And there were five of us. <laughs> in a two-berth. Oh, it's problematic. Well, one of you's in the wardrobe. Um, yeah. It was... The, the, the gist of it was, there was one single bed sort of in the sort of camper van bit that you'd expect. There was another bed over the cab. Uh, okay, and that was your lot, really. There were it was just two singles, so we okay we had to do our best, and it ended up being obviously one person over the cab, one person in the cab with a gear stick right up there all night, <laughs> and the bit in That's the camper van became became a top and tail double, and the slither of floor. Was Ooh. the uh, was the fifth be- uh, fifth bed, but we Ooh. did we we made a solemn pact that the chemical Kazi was off limits. <laughs> I think that's best. Yeah, I mean it was tiny camper van, and to think someone had put a shitter in there was a <laughs> that was massively terrifying. You don't need it, do you? you, no. you no, I think that's a very sensible rule, and it showed great forward thought. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. No. Circumstances. I thought I thought you'd like that. It was definitely out. That camper van was out of its comfort zone. Oh, and so were you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was not. It was not comfortable. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't the one with the gear stick. No, that is probably they probably got the worst deal. What was um, most amusing is the, the the person who got the gear stick was the the grandson of the occupants. Of course. So he got the short straw there. The one that you would think would have got the most comfortable um... You th- The one you'd think would be allowed in the fucking house. Oh, well, that's true. Yes, <laughs> yes, leaving only four to have to find room in the two berth. Yes, that's a very good point. Now, he wasn't, you brought all your friends around, so you're outside as well. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can police them in our camper van. Oh, no, oh. I don't. That camper van was never the same again. No, I bet it wasn't. I imagine they sold it, didn't they, after that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have got much for it. No. Bad. Uh, <laughs> thinking back to it, because obviously there's a reasonable amount of consumption there. Yeah, and I would at, say. Uh, and at some point, a chap is going to need to relieve oneself. True. 
but obviously the WRC in this country is normally held in the winter months, which this was. True. It was quite chilly. And with the chemical Kazi being out of bounds... Sensibly so. Uh, it, it meant that uh, relieving oneself was a, uh, a cold affair. Mm. And I do recall after that amount of consumption at one point uh, where I decided that while I would make sure that it was done outside, um, I didn't go too far outside. So much so that, that I opened the rear door of the camper van and began uh, the process. Classy. Uh, but what actually occurred was in the morning we went out and the car that we travelled up in was parked really quite close to the back of um, the camper van. No. You twiddled all over your own car. It wasn't my car, so it's fine. Um, oh, right. Uh, so it ultimately, we ended up with a lot of frozen piss on a 1.2 Nova. Uh, well, appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite fitting for. I mean, it was an awful car. Awful. Oh, absolutely. Absolute, yeah, yeah, yeah. A dreadful. It was. It was on a D plate. It was falling to pieces. The the friend of mine that owned it and I say drove it as a very loose term. Um, <laughs> I remember I got a phone call from him the day he passed his test, and he said, I'll be around to pick you up. I hadn't experienced his driving at all, even even in a learning capacity. And I got in the car, and that was it. I was like, oh, this is this is how it's going to end. This is, I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> the first, the first day with a driving license, he misjudged a junction because he approached it at far too much speed uh-huh. and applied the brakes being a shit old car, no ABS. So nothing, all he'd, nothing, nothing <laughs> except screeching tires and sliding. So what we did is we flew out of this junction on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> and I kid you not, the person in the car on the road that we entered at speed hit their brakes, and missed us by millimetres. The person <laughs> driving that car, kid you not, was his driving instructor. No. Yes, absolutely <laughs> amazing. Oh, no, they don't fortunately have the power to revoke licences. However, you've raised the subject of Nova. I have. No, I've never had one. I don't ever recall ever even having been in one. But on that subject, what is your worst ever car? My worst ever. The thing is, I have got quite an interesting, I mean, I say interesting, dull (laughs) car background. (laughs) Yes, yes, well, yes. Because I've had such an interest in cars since since being a tiny person. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Um, But it came to that point of going, right, I can learn to drive. I'm allowed to. Yeah. So I went through the rigmarole of, there were, there were some lessons at the age of 17. Yes. And then it sort of, it fizzled out a bit because, because that meant it was kind of eating into my beer money. Yes, that is a problem. Um, fortunately, it, my, my mother kind of, kind of paid for my driving lessons, so I'm 
was okay on that front. <laughs> okay, that that's not so bad then. But no, no. I had the, I had the trouble of going. Well, is it is it is it lessons? Is it beer? I I just don't know. Um, and I opted for both. Beer. Extremely desirable at that age. Yes, <laughs> because where the beer was, there were ladies, and yeah. and it and, tends to snowball. Yeah, and it, not it, like that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't put that into Urban Dictionary. Christ. No. Um, <laughs> bad, bad pictures. <laughs> and um, so it kind of went by the wayside a little bit. However, I did get a car for my 18th birthday. Oh, we're good. Uh, which sort of meant I, I, I rekindled a bit of learning, but it was just one of those things I never... I never got round to, and yeah, well, I couldn't then, afford for quite a while. No, that uh, that was the trouble because by the time I was eighteen, I was working in a pub. Right, just ridiculous. What uh, I don't know why they thought me in a pub was a good idea. That's just disastrous, isn't it? Lunacy, yes. honestly, yes, absolutely. Um, and then I moved. Then I moved away, uh, and. It was all public transport because only a car would have been a daft choice at that point. Yes, it would have been a liability, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I didn't actually pass my test until 2009. Oh. Uh, quite, for, quite late on for a car enthusiast. Quite late on for a car enthusiast. But I did, yeah. have, I did have a K10 Micra when I was 18 for quite oh, a while. Very good. Again, get quite sought after these days. Very much so. Yeah, uh, but I could. Uh, there's no way I could describe that as the worst car I had. Right. No, not at all. I mean, because because it was such. It, it, it depends so in, how you define worst. I mean, it was so endearing because it it was just it was just a good car. It worked. It was uncomplicated. It, yeah. It did it what does, it should it, do. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yes, it's no more and no less. It just is what it is. I tell you, I tell you what, the worst one I I have had is I had a two thousand and seven Honda Accord. Ah, plain and sponge cake. Honestly, <laughs> I, it was. You could lose that thing in a car park. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the spec of it as well was dreary. It was. <laughs> it was awful. It was it was a company car. It was of course. I just got lumbered with it. I didn't I didn't get to pick it. It was there you go. Yeah. You got that that's yours. Oh, it, I've driven it was dismal it, company cars. And yeah. it was just the problem was as well is it had it had the two point two diesel in it, which it had a, a little bit of poke to it. Yeah, and that's about its only redeeming that feature. But the problem the... was the little bit of poke. Came at a cost intact. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Good. Heavens, the company car tax on that thing. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was horrendous. That was that was the that was definitely the worst car because it was just such a non-event. Yeah. It was did sort of dangerous. Sleep, fall asleep behind the wheel. This is a boring vehicle. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I've been in a few. Um, and my, my most... boss had a had and my boss had a weird Honda Accord. Um, it was a Honda Accord, but it had a Tiptronic gearbox. Oh, I bet that was lovely. It was well, it was the weirdest thing to have to use because the gear shift was still down in the center console, but you oh, just had to God. tap it 
and it would shift on its own. So it was like an automatic, only not quite as good. It was very strange. Did, did it not have an automatic mode, or were you just lumbered yes, with that? That was broken. Fantastic! So, fantastic! It, it was Tiptronic only when oh, I drove it. What a absolute dismal thing! I bet it was <laughs> dim-witted and slow with the gear change. Oh, and every t- emergency stops all the time because you just couldn't. There was no way to balance the braking and the accelerating to try and predict what it was going to do. Absolutely dreadful. It was all over the place. But why would that even exist? Why would they have made that? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, that does it? And who specced it new? (laughs) I didn't understand how it even came to be. Absolute tit. Because being being around here, trying to get a Honda serviced is a bit tricky. Because we don't have a Honda dealer around us, do we? Um, well, I suppose I hadn't. It's not something I've considered, but I suppose we don't. No. We don't. The only place that was a authorised Honda service centre was Devonshire Motors. That's true. They do did servicing and accident repair and things, but not they weren't a dealer. They were never no. a dealer. No. So it went there. Okay. Uh, when the when the time came and the the Accord is the worst car I have possessed by proxy anyway from the company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, however, the courtesy car I was given from them <laughs> is the worst car I have driven. Ever. Yes, the worst car I've ever driven was a courtesy car. So let's let's see what yours was. Uh, mine from them was a Mitsubishi Colt. Oh, with an automatic gearbox. Yes, uh, and I it, can beat that. It was, <laughs> it was. Every time it changed gear, it was like getting whiplash. Yes, uh, and it was. I just. <laughs> how, are they, how are they selling these things? I mean, it would have felt dated in the nineties. That thing. Yeah, I don't know. Do some people not know any difference, or some people just don't care? I suppose. Must be just, absolutely just dreadful. The worst courtesy car I ever had, which was on one of the many um, occasions that my Jaguar X-Type spent some time <laughs> at the pleasure of a mechanic. Um, <laughs> was, we'll come on to that. Was uh, a Kia Rio. Oh dear. Oh yeah. Uh, now that uh, engine-wise had a small hamster called Gerald. Okay. And um, yes, if, if you were nice to him and fed him some particularly crisp lettuce, you could encourage him to run round his wheel a little bit faster. What a dreadful turd! That was that was the worst. That was absolutely the worst. When I saw what they were going to give me, well, you can imagine that was the car that was so awful that I had to... I, I borrowed um, a Rover 75 to use <laughs> <laughs> because it was far, far preferable. And actually, on a par with the Jag, um, the Jag X-Type and the Rover 75 were, were quite well, you know, quite well balanced. So... Looking back, I think the Rover 75 may have been more reliable. Um, yes, certainly that Rover 75 compared to that Jaguar x yes. <laughs> Not your finest purchase. No, it was not. And ironically, 
in terms worst in terms of most unreliable it was that x type of state but it's actually one of the cars that i liked the most i liked well, how it looked i liked being in it it was comfortable it was nice to drive it had loads of room in the back because it, it's the estate version um and i had the sport so <laughs> very good very good it was you know it it had, it had been um Dechromed and it had the mesh grille, it had the big 20 inch rims, it had all the gear on inside, full cream leather interior. It was in good nick, it had low mileage, um, even came with a private plate. It was, it was nice, I really liked it, um, as a car, but it was by far the most unreliable car I've ever owned. And in the end, I think I spent as much on keeping it going as I did on buying it in the first place. Oops. Yeah. Not uh, not so good. Well, um, and yet still redeeming features. So that leads us on. Yeah. What was your worst car that you have owned? Oh. I'd be tempted to say the aforementioned Mark IV Escort, but that was my first car, and the first car is always special. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Even though it was beige and leaked well it was the 1.4 so it had a little bit more poke than it might have done <laughs> and it served me well you know it served me well the worst car it would probably be the because i had a series of escorts not like that um, oh god it, um it would probably be the mark six Mark Six. I get confused with which ones because they had so many different versions, and some were just a facelift, but not a new Mark. Let me just yeah. check. Yeah, better get yes. it correct. Mark Six. Yes, I had. It was the first one with what Jeremy Clarkson at the time called the corporate nostril. It was the first one that had the sort of oval grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That matched the shape of the badge. Actually, it wasn't the first one that had that. I tell a lie. It was the second one that but it was kind of a facelift of that one. Oh, i think yeah because um, the sixth innovation the oval grill and it was slightly wider wasn't it it filled more yeah i had the one that where the grill stretched from headlight to headlight whereas yes. there was one yeah, before yeah. that that was a bit it was a bit taller and smaller yep which replaced the previous one that didn't have a grill at all and which now was the, the worst escort they've ever made so mine was sort of two on from that that one i actually is the only car i've ever written off um, I absolutely demolished it one night, going down into uh, Westwood Ho, and the bollard that I hit dead square at some <laughs> speed uh, was bent at right angles for years afterwards. The council just didn't fix it. Fantastic. It's been replaced now, but at the time, um, I was going, it was late at night, I was going too fast, um, didn't notice the bollard. And it was one of those traffic calming things that sticks out in the road. Yeah, yeah. And they'd not long put them in. And I was going down there to see a mate and uh, didn't notice the bollard until it was too late. And I swear it had no reflective stuff on it. It was just painted black. Slammed on the brakes, no ABS, muddy road, bang straight into it. The front of the car was U-shaped. And I know I, I know I hit it absolutely dead center because it snapped the Ford badge in half. 
<laughs> Very precise. It was. <laughs> Absolutely. My my road positioning was perfect. Excellent. Um, so, but are you are you stating that as your worst, Carl? Then uh, sixth, a uh, mark six. I think I would state that as my worst car in terms of it. It never let me down until then, when that was hardly the car's fault. I was going to say I um, can't really blame that on the vehicle. And my girlfriend at that time lived in Yeovil, so I was putting some serious miles on it because um, I was living in Northern. So, yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a jaunt. Yeah, twice a week. Um, yeah, so I would, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Only, but not because it ever um, caused me a problem. It was just dull. Yeah, I think, I think it falls into that accord category, doesn't it? It was. Yeah, just, I think it, so. It, it was, it was bad because it was just so utterly was boring. Just nothing about it. I mean, the the, the previous one, the um, the Mark Four was not in any way interesting but it was my first car so because of that it's special well that's it it's 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 freedom isn't it and nobody's first car or very few people's first car is interesting it's what you can afford isn't it Mm. it's what you can afford to buy what you can afford to insure and what will get you to work and back yeah um which is what will pay for it so Mm. it's you know um and so the the and there was something about that shape escort the mark four that i really liked and my dad had, well, my dad had a Mark III, and I don't know, it just, it, it was nice. I liked it. Um, mm. And I think that, yeah, the one that followed it that I demolished um, <laughs> would probably be the worst in that it just had nothing about it. Well, so, I well, we've that... got it. We've, we've both picked a fairly dreary car there for that subject. Yeah, that's, that's, that's worked a treat, actually. We've both, we've both ended up with utter utter tedious vehicles there <laughs> we've but, both chosen the same um the same reason for mm. or the same, same definition of worst um, yeah because although the x-type was far and away the least reliable it doesn't necessarily make it the worst car at all it's charming mm. the x-type it has you know because it's the underdog and i quite like that it's the same reason people like rover 75 so to say it's the and the Jag S type, which yeah. was obviously the same era, um, it's charming, um, and yes. that's very hard to achieve. So, Definitely. you know, you they give it credit for that, and I did. I liked it, and I was sorry to see it go. Um, and I had it. I replaced it with another Jag, so yeah, um, albeit a much much newer one. Well, that that's all right. It it it, it sowed enough of a seed for you to go. Yeah, that's a bit of me. Yeah. I like that, and I would if Tesla hadn't come along. I would probably still have the XF now. Yep, I can understand that definitely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what that does then. If we end it on that one, we can lead in with episode two of best cars owned and best cars driven. Brilliant, brilliant, and we haven't even done everything on my list. No, my list is we've we are uh, just. Just pros, really, isn't it? I reckon you'll get an hour out of that. I reckon so. I think we'll edit yeah. that up, and oh, the the audience is just going to be spellbound with. Oh, with... lap it up, they will. I mean, it's going to knock Smith and Sniff right out of the park. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be next week. They're going to be sitting. I don't know what's happened to the, the. I mean, we had 
we were top of the list, and now yeah. we're struggling to even get the icon to appear on people's windows. I don't know what's going on. They'll have a little look through and go, oh, they're listening to this one. Oh, someone pissed on a Nova. <laughs> <laughs> they got nothing. They got nothing. <laughs> Well, that's enough of us for one week. It's about time to wrap things up. Thank you very much for listening.